It's that special time of year. A time of giving. A time of joy. But one family not enjoying the spirit of this holiday season is the Hart family. At a time when most come together, this family has drifted apart. Fred Hart, the reigning three-time WWF champion, puts his title on the line against his own brother-in-law, the British Bulldog. A man driven by the obsession to become champion. A man Fred has never beaten. A man who, in fact, ended the Hitman's intercontinental reign after an epic battle in front of 80,000 frenetic fans at Wembley Stadium three years ago. Tonight, two men stand apart. One family stands divided. Tonight, it'll be more like season's beatings for the Hart family in your house. Hey, wrestling fans, if you're listening to this, you're listening to the latest episode of the Wrestling Time Machine podcast. Before we dive into the show, Leith and I want to give you a chance to figure out where you can find us on social media. You can follow the Wrestling Time Machine podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Wrestling Time Machine. You can follow the Wrestling Time Machine podcast on Twitter. The at handle is at W-R-E-S-T-L-T-I-M-M-A-C-H. You can also just search the Wrestling Time Machine podcast on Twitter. You can follow the Wrestling Time Machine podcast on Tumblr. If you want to be a part of the show and let us know what you're watching or what you think of a particular event we're about to watch, you can email the show at thewrestlingtimemachine at gmail.com. We will read your emails live on the show. You can also donate to the show. You can help support us at kofi.com, that's ko-fi.com, forward slash the wrestling time machine. Want to get some merch for your donation? You can support the show by finding us on TeePublic under BobbyF07. It's all lowercase. We have a couple shirts up there. We always have more uh, coming up. You can leave us a review on iTunes if you want to help support the show for free. That really helps us out. That means more people see us, and that means we get to have more cool guests on. You can also check out the other shows that we do at nerdfixstrangers.com forward slash listen, including Nerdfix Strangers and Pokemon Mind and Body. Leith, where can people find you on the internet? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, both of those are now at Leith underscore Gray. That's L-I-A-T-H underscore G-R-E-Y. Mm-hmm. I have a uh, silly toy blog, the Dinosaur Toy Adventure on Instagram as well, dinosaur underscore toy underscore adventure. And if you are interested and you search Leith Gray on Amazon, I have two short stories available at the moment, uh, Talia and Anna's Obsession. They're a dollar apiece. And that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) So check those out. You can follow me on Twitter at SpaceKingBobby. You can also follow me on Tumblr at SpaceKingBobby's blog, SpaceKingComics. And don't forget to check out EvetteMakesThings.com. She makes all sorts of great stuffed animals, badges, jewelry, comics, stockings for the holidays. Check out EvetteMakesThings.com for all sorts of cool, nerdy finery. And I think with that, I think we can start the show. 
Welcome, wrestling fans. If you're listening to this, you're listening to the latest episode of the Wrestling Time Machine podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Bobby Fisher, and on the line with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Leith Gray. Good day to you. Good day. Seemingly seemingly back from the dead, Miss Leith Gray. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> She's here, folks, uh, in person, and we are live. We are going to be getting ready to watch WWE, or as it was known then, WWF, In Your House number 5, Seasons Beatings. This is one of our signature watch-along episodes, so if you want to watch with us and get some fun times, this is, this is the show for you. Uh, you'll want to make sure that you have the show pulled up on whatever streaming device you got, and we'll dive into that in a minute. But before we do that, of course, uh, the one big thing we always like to do on our watch-along episodes is some trivia. We always uh, like to go over some trivia. So, WWF, WWE In Your House 5, Seasons Beatings by the Numbers. It took place on Sunday, December 17th, 1995. The attendance was 7,289 people, earning $100,000. The buy rate was a 0.35 buy rate, and that translates to 110,166 buys at $14.95 per buy. That's a total of $1,646,981.70 and a total box office of $1,746,981.70. Now, we're going to be comparing that to WCW Starcade, which was the WCW event for December of 1995. Uh, now, WCW Starcade had 911 more people uh, in attendance than WWF, WWE, In Your House 5 Seasons Beatings, but World Championship Wrestling earned $16,145 less than WWF, WWE, In Your House 5 Seasons Beatings. Uh, the buy rate was actually really close. Uh, World Championship Wrestling earned 0.1 more buys than WWF, WWE, uh, In Your House 5 Seasons Beatings, earning $1,180,202.68. Than WWF WWE in your house five seasons beatings, and then that would be a total box office. Uh, WCW Starcade actually earned one million one hundred sixty-four thousand fifty-seven dollars sixty cents more than WWF WWE in your house five seasons beatings. And that brings us to our venue, which is the Hershey Park Arena in Hershey, PA. Uh, not too far from where I am. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's a, that was a, a place that we often went for vacations and uh, school trips to, oh, to hit up cool. Hers Hershey Park and get roasted in the, the little chocolate factory. Oh, Good that, times. That would be fun. 
It, I don't think. I think they changed it. Aww. I don't think it. I don't think it's as cool as it was. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the arena broke ground on March of 1936. Uh, opened Saturday, December 19th, 1936. When built in 1936 as the Hershey Sports Arena, the building was the largest monolithic structure in the United States in which not a single seat suffered from an obstructed view, which would be wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For for us little people, that's that's always nice. For the more vertically (laughs) challenged. On October 13th, 1953, the arena also hosted an extravagant birthday celebration for President Dwight D. Eisenhower, whose farm and weekend White House was located in nearby Gettysburg. On March 2nd, 1962, Philadelphia Warriors center Wilt Chamberlain recorded a record-setting 100 points in an NBA game against the New York Knicks, which is a record that still stands today. Wow. That's a lot of points. That's most, a lot, yeah. So I usually see like, like, like what Jordan had like in the 50s, typically, but yeah. like 100 a lot. <laughs> That's a squash Basically match. the entire game. Yeah. <laughs> For 64 years, it was the home of the Hershey Bears hockey team from 1938 to 2002. The second sport at the arena was basketball. It hosted the PIAA Basketball and Wrestling Championships. And it also served as the home of the Hershey Impact, a national professional soccer league team from 1988 to 1991. Is also hosted the Ice Capades, Disney on Ice, professional boxing, and tennis competitions. On July 5th, 2012, a fire damaged the arena, which was in the midst of refurbishment. At about 3 p.m. local time, the fire was upgraded to five alarms. The fire burned for about two hours before being extinguished. The roof was damaged, but reports to not be in danger of collapse. The cause of the fire is still unknown. Hmm. Hersh. Hershey Park Arena is the home rink for the Lebanon Valley College ice hockey team. LVC competes in NCAA Division Three as of 2016 and previously competed in the ACHA. In addition, the arena hosts the Hershey Junior Bears, a youth team sponsored by the Bears organization. On most weekends during the fall and winter months, the rink is open to the public for ice skating. That would be fun. That would I haven't be been ice skating great. in years. I've never been. I used to be pretty good. I had pretty. I was pretty natural on the ice. Like somehow. I, I can. <laughs> like I used to be able to rollerblade pretty well, and I imagine ice skating is kind of similar. But I have never been ice skating. Yeah, if you if, honestly, if you could rollerblade, ice skating's not too hard to pick up. Um, I always found ice skating easier. Really. Because it's you. You can glide easier. Mm. There's not that like stop from the wheels. Could you do any cool tricks on the ice? I could. I used to be able to do, like, like I could go, like, do, like, the one foot with my leg behind me. I could <laughs> skate backwards. I could do spins. Um, never got into to jumps and stuff because I didn't have any training. <laughs> this was all just stuff I picked up from, like, watching ice skating and I think uh, one quick lesson from a friend. <laughs> right. So, anyway, (laughs) annually it hosts part of the Music in the Parks competition. Uh, As far as wrestling events go, there's a total of 88 wrestling shows going so far back as Friday, February 4th, 1966, with the WWF slash WWE's first event taking place at the arena on Friday, February 4th, 1966, as the WWF, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, the main event of which was Antonio 
Pugliese versus I'm, Bill I, Miller. I'm guessing that's how you pronounce that. Or Pugliese. I'm not. I'm not sure. Correct yeah. me, people. The winner of which is unknown. Oh. Yeah, because I don't kind know. Kind of a letdown. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's <laughs> like a TV taping or... Because, I mean, this is the 60s, right? So, it, it's... If you're listening and you have any recollection of it... Yeah. <laughs> if you happen to be... Yeah, if you happen to be a 100-year-old wrestling fan from Pennsylvania who was at this event and knows the results, please hit us up. Or have your, your grandchildren hit us up on your behalf. 100 years old. Yeah. How how long ago do you think 1966 was? Uh, years. I mean, <laughs> they could have been born in the the 50s or 40s, like my parents, and still remember. <laughs> your parents also still use AOL. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm ni- lucky if my mom remembers my name, but still. <laughs> okay, so it would have been about 50 years ago, but I mean. <laughs> What is 50 if not 100? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the last wrestling event at the venue was a WWE TV taping, WWE Saturday Morning Slam, WWE Main Event, WWE SmackDown. On Tuesday, March 26, 2013, the main event of which was Randy Orton, Sheamus, and The Big Show defeating Cody Rhodes, Damian Sandow, and Antonio Cesaro. Back when he had a first name. First names are hard to come by. <laughs> and there were there were no other pay-per-views at the venue. Okay, very cool. Now that brings us to the uh, reception of the show per the Wrestling Observer fan poll. Uh, now the uh, numbers here, the tenth place that you're going to hear is rounded up uh, based on the hundredth digit. Uh, let's see here. The first, uh, you know, just like overall feeling on the event, this is based on a 150 votes, is thumbs up, 73, so about 48.7%. Thumbs down, 72 votes, uh, so that's about 48%. And in the middle, 5, 3.3%. It's pretty pretty even split there on whether it was good or bad. Uh suppose you can't please all the people all the time. Uh, Now, the best match poll, based on 131 votes, it was unanimous. Bret Hart versus the British Bulldog with 131 votes. That's 100% of the votes. Jeez. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that happen. (laughs) And the worst match poll, this is based on 110 votes, uh, Ahmed Johnson versus Buddy Landell ran away with that at 72 votes, or 65.5%. The Undertaker versus King Mabel had 29 votes, or 26.4%. And Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Henry O. Godwin got 9 votes, or 8.2%. And then we got our last bit of trivia here. Uh, the Ahmed Johnson Buddy Landell match was meant as an inside joke for the smart wrestling fans in the audience. Landell was known as the Nature Boy, following in the tradition of Buddy Rogers and Ric Flair. Shane Douglas, Dean Douglas, hates Ric Flair with a passion and has done so for years. Uh, thus, it's a guy who wrestles and dresses a lot like Flair, getting squashed in 30 seconds. 
Yeah, but, uh, this was Dean Douglas's last ever appearance in WWE. It was Buddy Landell's only WWE pay-per-view match ever, only his third pay-per-view match ever, after his loss to Brian Pillman at WCW NWA The Great American Bash in 1990 and to Dustin Rhodes at WCW Wrestle War 1991 and his last pay-per-view match ever. How great is the name Wrestle War? That's pretty good. I love, like, like WCW had its problems, but don't get me wrong, some of their pay-per-view names were just great. That's true. I'll, I'll definitely give them that. They, they had some good ideas, and sometimes they had some, some ideas that I think worked really well on paper. <laughs> yeah. But, but in actuality, did not pan out, and that happens. A, a lot of so. it was just a matter of execution. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Santa Claus, Jonathan Reckner, would only make one more appearance on WWE TV after this event. Uh, he defeated Scott Taylor, later known as Scotty Tuhati, on the December 23, 1995 WWF Superstars. Uh, Reckner would not return to WWE TV until WWE Raw June 6, 2005, as Balls Mahoney as part of the build-up for ECW One Night Stand 2005. Very cool. Yeah, so, Balls Mahoney here. Balls Mahoney again, another great wrestling name. So good. So good. So nineties. <laughs> Very nineties. So with that, folks, we're getting ready to actually watch the event. What you're gonna hear is the iconic one, two, three kids uh entrance music, but in reverse. It's gonna count us down. You'll hear three, two, one, and then you'll hear us hit play. Hit play along with us. You know, make sure you have the event pulled up on the WWE Network, whatever streaming device you're watching. And when you hear us press play, press play along with us. And let's start the show. So, play. All right. The WWF Marble logo, always classic. Santa! (laughs) I love... Todd Pettengill introducing us here. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even... No, I can't describe it. That's one of those things you gotta see. So much emotion on the face of Bret Hart's sister and the British Bulldog's wife. (laughs) Your classic opening here, just like every Raw we've seen. Oh my god, Kimmy, will you go steady with me sign right behind Vince McMahon? I wonder if Kimmy said yes or no. That's the important thing. 
And we got the smoking guns and Santa Claus handing out some merchandise. Uh, Ivan, did Kimmy say yes? We need to know. He looks too old to be asking somebody to go study with him, though. I never understood what go steady meant. It was such like a 50s and 60s thing. Like, you would only really see that, like, in Happy Days or, like, the Wonder Years or something. And it's like, I never understood what that meant. Maybe just, like, see someone exclusively? Is that is that what it's supposed to mean? Yeah, it's like you're asking somebody to be your, your girlfriend or boyfriend. Uh, I see. You know, you... Will they wear your pin, <laughs> your 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 letter jacket? You know, right? Will they they be your your one and only sweetheart? <laughs> and now we got uh, Million Dollar Incorporated. We got the one two three kid and Psycho Sid out. see some highlights of the one two three kid and razor ramon at survivor series now scott hall's getting kicked from twitter <laughs> yeah i mean he was unbelievably rude for no reason yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'm surprised he got. I guess I'm kind of surprised he got kicked as opposed to like suspended. Yeah, like I. But I mean, look at Frantic's history. Yeah. <laughs> he said a lot less and totally in character and got kicked. So, whatever you break Twitter's rules and regulations, you you, you might end up getting kicked. It's just what happens. Right. <laughs> We got Razor Ramon and Marty Jannetty out. Poor Jannetty doesn't even get his own entrance. He doesn't need it. Yeah. Is that a gold? Is that Goldust or a Goldust cosplayer? Uh, regardless, it's fantastic. Okay, I think it, I think it is supposed to be Goldust. Just watching and yeah, touching his chest. Yeah, Goldust is here. There we go. Because I was gonna say if that was a Goldust cosplay, it was spot on. Yeah. You don't, you don't usually see them that good. I mean, we have seen some cosplayers. Long kisses to Teresa Ramon. Yeah. I love Gold Dust. I'm sorry. Yeah. Gold Dust is amazing. Yeah, we we so have good. seen seen some cosplayers in the audience already, like in some of these older wrestling events, like the oh, Renegade yeah. and Hulk Hogan cosplayers. Yeah, there's usually like a, a Hogan, you'll get a Macho Man, all those really iconic ones. Yeah. That are pretty easy to pull off. Lots of sting face paint, like that kind of stuff. I love the intensity of Gold Dust. Just like watching everybody. Trying to figure out so if that's uh, if that's glitter in his hair or a barrette. It looked like um, almost like confetti. This <laughs> is like really chunky. Yeah, I love I love that Marty Jannetty and Razor Ramon are wearing matching leather jackets. Who is this next to Gold Dust? Looking like a, he looks like one of those like little monkeys that go out like yeah. with he, the, the players. 
Yeah, an organ monkey. He's a he's yeah. A, he's, <laughs> he's Goldust's usher, you know, because Hollywood and movie theaters and such. Honestly, I think that's a really cool touch that they gave Goldust right here in the beginning, giving him like a a personal usher. I mean, he eventually dropped it because he had uh, uh, Terry, uh, mm-hmm. known as Marlena. But I, I actually really dug like that little detail. I think that would have been uh, a really neat thing to have continued, or you know, to do with it, like another character who maybe had like a similar theme, if you wanted. So, so give us some background here because my brain is fuzzy as to why Marty Jannetty and Razor Ramon have teamed up. So the one, two, three kid. We'll we'll do a recap here. Of course, the one, two, three kid turned on Razor Ramon in his match against Psycho Sid and joined the Million Dollar Corporation. Right? It's about uh, right before Survivor Series. Okay. So at Survivor Series. Marty Jannetty was on the opposing team that featured the 1-2-3 kid, which I believe was the Body Donnas team. Okay? Uh, The Body Donnas get eliminated right down to the 1-2-3 kid, and he manages to win the match and eliminate Jannetty because Psycho Sid caused a distraction. Right? Ah, okay. The following night on Raw... Marty Jannetty tried to plead with the kid and say, you know, you're running with a bad crowd, this is bad news, don't do this kind of stuff. And the one, two, three kid and Sid beat him up. And so that's why Jannetty and Razor are teaming up, because, of course, Razor has also, like we said, earned the one, two, three kids, uh, or, you know, is, is the focus of his attention right now. Gotcha. It's been a while since I've seen everything, so my brain's just like, eh, <laughs> I <It's>, forget. <laughs> it has been a minute since we last recorded, folks. <clears throat> like, I could remember the, the stuff with Razor and, and the 123 kid, I just forgot where Jannetty fit in. I mean, Jannetty is kind of forgettable. I mean, his biggest claim to fame is being, you know, super kicked through a a barbershop window. Right. Poor Janetti. I like the way that Razor is uh, selling these, like, face slaps and stuff. It's like he's taking it, but he's still all angry about it. It just seems to be making him madder. Yeah, Scott Hall might not be great at Twitter, but uh, he sure can sell. Razor with a big right, couple big right hands of his own. 
Everybody down. Yeah, we have our our moment of opportunity for Razor to get the tag. I feel like that's a, a favored spot in tag matches around this time. I mean, it's a good psychology spot, though. You know that it the, gives. It, sorry, go ahead. Is that a <laughs> Marty must die sign? It is. Come on, folks. If you're gonna make a sign that says, you know, die or what it like, it, don't go outside, please. Like, do now, not. People a- always take their their fandoms to the extremes. Yeah. I mean, wrestling Twitter is kind of the the highlights that a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, there are certainly some bad some some bad seeds on wrestling Twitter. But he still looks like the little like monkey guy. More than like I don't see Hollywood Usher, I guess. I just see like Oregon maybe it's monkey? like the Yeah, Oregon monkey. Like totally. I think it's like the Fez type thing. Yeah. And gold dust out here. He's oozing. Oozing. Oozing <laughs> machismo. Describing uh, Razor in, in a very uh, provocative way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he makes his flesh sweat in ecstasy. <laughs> My goodness, Goldust. <laughs> Goldust uh, out here being horny on Maine to uh, to use the Twitter parlance. I've never heard the term like sweating in ecstasy before. Well, now you have. Before I drowned in a hormonal sea of life. <laughs> The language here is just amazing. <laughs> I like. I'm like totally ignoring the match at this point. By the way, <laughs> my my focus is solely on uh, Gold Dust and his. Uh, what what is the word? I'm, it's not even poetic. It's more like uh, a steamy romance novel that he's writing on the side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's very very much a romance novel thing. <laughs> oh jeez. Imagine if they just like let him go off uncensored. <laughs> so good. Stuff is hilarious to me. <laughs> So now they are uh, just beating up Marty. Yeah, Marty's taking the brunt of the offense here. One, two, three, kid, and Psycho Sid don't even look tired. Not even breaking a sweat. 
Well, Sid, maybe, but <laughs> one, two, three, kid, definitely not. Oh, Rays are just jumping in. Now he's going to end up distracting the ref, and goodness knows what's going to happen now. <laughs> I don't feel like they need to distract the ref for that, to be <laughs> honest. It just seems like regular tag team maneuvers to me, but, you know, whatever. Janae just got, got leveled. He took some fun bumps there, though. It was yeah. fun to watch. Janetti, again, like, we joke, but Janetti could could go around and bump like crazy. Yeah, even recently, like, not that long ago, I saw him wrestling in, like, Chikara and stuff, and he was doing everything pretty much as he was then, so. Yeah. He still uh, was in really great shape, or had gotten back into great shape. I don't know. I didn't fully pay attention to the Marty Jannetty <laughs> storyline of life. <laughs> Like, you, you haven't followed his diet and workout routine in detail, is what you're saying. No, he, he does not seem to have a, uh, you know, like the Instagram story showing me everything. No no TikToks of his workout routines. Yeah, there, there might be a good reason for that. Uh, apparently there was some big kerfuffle a couple years ago with Marty Jannetty and social media... Uh, he alleges he was hacked, but that you know there hasn't been a whole lot going on with it. Like that, like there hasn't. It it was just bad. Yeah, I mean those things can happen, so it's yeah. it's hard to say with social media. Sometimes it's like, I mean, like that's kind of what people were saying about the the Velveteen Dream stuff was that he was hacked, but then they had his voice and stuff. So I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Just be appropriate to whatever extent you can. Don't be a creep. Yeah. If be if they aren't eighteen, run away. <laughs> if you cannot prove that they are an adult, do not talk to them. What was the one two three kid going for there? Like, was he just trying to jump out of the ring over the top turnbuckle feet first? Uh, I have no idea. Because <laughs> that looked bad. Um, I mean, that happens. And missed a spot or tripped or... And here comes, oh, but Sid reverses the razor's edge. I like that reversal. The, like, no-handed... Just like, yeah, get off me, kind of reversal. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think so. <laughs> I feel like Psycho Sid doesn't get enough credit for, for all the big man type stuff he did. Mm -hmm. People just remember his, like, awkward promos and stuff, but... And Razor... He, he, was a, he was a good big dude. Yeah. Razor gets the win. 
And we get a... We're going for... Oh, no! Sid pulls him out. We don't get the payoff of the kid being powerbombed to... Darn. And now the one, two, three kids win it. Yeah. It took him the entire match to get there, though. Oh, an ECW sign. Hello, ECW fans. Right there in the front row. Why would you go to another company's show just to do that? Although my goal was always to go to, like, a WWE show and wear, like, a Chikara shirt. <laughs> just to, like, you know, more more for advertising purposes. Right. My, my plan was always to wear my uh, Sarah Del Rey shirt. <laughs> Shout out the people in the back, you know. Oh, and we got the uh, Superstars hotline. Oh, uh, the number's not active anymore. Darn. Uh, but we got Ray Rougeau and Sonny and Ted DiBiase all angry. Getting on. Now I gotta go, you know, and explain this to people. I'm angry, Ted DiBiase. Sonny's all mad. Losing her mind. I didn't even know she was connected to these people. I lost track of things again. <laughs> She's not. I like that there's a, uh, that you can call in Canada too, just yeah. so you guys know. They did not leave Canadian fans out of this craziness. You you had your opportunity to, to call the hotline. God, I almost feel bad for Sonny because there had to be some people who were wildly inappropriate with her on the phone. Oh, I'm sure. But, I mean, it was, it was a different time. So it's like, like growing up in that era when guys were inappropriate with girls, you just were supposed to, like, take it, shrug it off. I mean, it would be her fault because of the way she presented herself and was dressed. So it's like, it's it's just a weird mental... Like, I, I still find myself stuck in that mindset, like, if I post something that's, like, slightly inappropriate, then it's my fault if people comment on it. Uh, and that's just... It's, 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 a hard, it's a hard thing to shake, because it was yeah. just so... Ingrained. ...driven into you since you were, like, since we were kids. Yeah. So, in the 90s, it was just, like, well, she dressed and acted the way she did, so she would deserve that treatment. It just Which gets is back to gross. What, yeah, it, it just gets back to what we said earlier. Don't be a creep. <clears throat> Jeff Jarrett's back. Oh, boy. The double J, whatever. No, no you had it, <laughs> double J. Double, double J, uh, I forgot how to spell his name. I'm sure he'll wow. tell me. <laughs> now that's an outfit. Oh, goodness. At least he actually sort of looks like a cowboy for once. Yeah. He has a, an actual sort of kind of country outfit on for the first time ever, even if it is all, like, Vegas-style cowboy. That's very, very shiny. I'm going to have to wear some sunglasses when you look at that outfit. It's like Jericho's light-up jacket, but he doesn't even need it to light up. Yeah. It's just that shiny. 
Like, he just glows. I would like to see him in, like, a blacklight kind of thing. <laughs> that would be fun. Always doing his little strut and all that fun stuff. Yeah, everybody's excited. Jeff Jarrett's back! Or not. I don't know. No, that would be <laughs> cool to see that outfit, like, under a blacklight. <laughs> we gotta spell it out for him. Yeah, oh, I knew he was going to tell me how to spell his name. I totally forgot. Mirrored sunglasses and a mirrored outfit. I always liked when people would wear mirrored glasses because then you could like fix your hair and makeup while right. you're like staring at them creepily. So <laughs> fun. <laughs> oh, King's got a special surprise for him. Oh, we got to unwrap it, of course. Like, why wouldn't you let Jeff unwrap it? What was the point of even having it wrapped? <laughs> oh, look at that. Ain't it great? Or ain't I great? I can talk and read. Do I believe that the WWF bought all 5,000 copies to get it to gold gold? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure uh, Jeff Jarrett bought several himself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have yet to meet anyone that owns it or has owned it in the past, so there is that. If you do own a copy, let us know. Let us see it. I'm curious if anybody actually bought it that wasn't working for the company. <laughs> like everybody at the at the company was required to buy a copy. Again, that actually sounds very much like a WWE thing to do. Yes, it's in their contract. <laughs> this, this is your Christmas bonus. We are deducting, you know... $20 out of your paycheck so that you have a copy of Jeff Jarrett's CD. I, I find that I've been, uh, throughout this whole segment, I've just been watching everybody that shows up in his glasses. Because you can see, like, the, the camera people and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, it's it's interesting, and the Lawler looks pretty cool in there. Yeah, you've got you've got a camera guy in one lens and Lawler in the other. <laughs> it's like I'm not even paying attention to what what's being said. I'm just like, oh, look at all the people you can see. Is it just me, or did it feel like country music was bigger in the '90s? Uh, I would say so. I mean, that was like what, like the Garth Brooks era. Yeah, like Garth Brooks, Shania Twain. 
They were they were household names and people that didn't like country knew them and listened to them. So there was a lot of crossover stuff, which I don't think there is as much anymore. Um, I was never really into country music. Uh, my dad likes like the old old stuff, and my my grandfather used to to sing country on the radio station yeah. back in the day. <laughs> like I can tell you, like growing up around my mom and my sister, like I heard a lot of Shania Twain. Ah. <laughs> uh. I know, uh, like, my husband and, and his family were big. Like, they, uh, he got to see, like, Reba McIntyre and stuff. That was their their yeah. go-to country star. And, of course, my mom is a big fan of the Reba show. Uh, yeah, my mom liked that one as well. And we got Dean Douglas here. He's got the board. Is that the Board of Education? Uh, yeah. Now, see, this would have been, like, really cool, like, again, like, if Douglas had stayed with the WWE, like, turn that kind of into his signature weapon, right? Like, that would have been neat. I, I almost wish they would have gone more, like, professor look with him, with, like, like the the jacket with the patches on the elbows and... Yeah, the robe that just... Kind of, it doesn't read what they want it to read, I yeah, think. Yeah, the robe does not fit. They just want that alliteration. Well, I mean, he was a teacher and everything. It's not like outside of the realm of possibility or anything for that to be like his character, but like, they kind of in my opinion, they definitely missed the boat with Douglas. Granted, some of that was just, and I think we've talked about it before, some of that was just, like, his, you know, own inability to work with the clique. Granted, they weren't exactly easy to work with all the time either, but, like, you know, it's just a very big missed opportunity, in my opinion. I like that his board is literally just a cutting board. They paint it green. Yeah. <laughs> Ahmed will take the Dean to school on a bus. No, I don't know. Yeah, I guess like that's the thing people said. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, the whole, the whole look is Dean Douglas. Just It doesn't read, like you said, it doesn't read like what they want it to. Yeah, they... they uh, like I, I feel like I get what they're going for, but it didn't work. Like maybe if they had done something with like the crest on the singlet, right? Like made that a little bigger and maybe put that on the robe instead of like an exclamation point. You know, come up with like a fictional school crest and everything. That would have been cool. Even as like gear is strange with the giant like v-cut and the short shorts yeah it's just an odd thing like the whole look is just weird to me it's an odd singlet yeah now you have a uh, lando he's almost he's almost too flair-esque <laughs> like goodness 
Well, that was kind of Landell's whole thing was like being a being a jobber that looked a lot, you know, had the nature boy gimmick. I always feel like that's like something that um, a lot of stars kind of like they start off like emulating their their heroes, but you're supposed to kind of you got to become your own person at yeah. some point, or it does not work. Looks and Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> Sad face. Ahmed Johnson's just like a beast in this. My goodness. He's just staring him down, taking the hits, and just, nah, not not having any of it. Yeah, I was watching... Does not affect him. I, I was on Twitter the other day, and somebody had some footage of Ahmed, like, uh, when he was wrestling on, I guess, what would have been, like, the independent scene back okay. in his day. And he was doing swanton bombs. If you can believe it. That'd be impressive to see. Yeah. He's such, a, he's such a big dude. So, like, powerful looking. It's like Spank Dean. What was that? He did, with the paddle. <laughs> oh, I didn't see him have the paddle. Okay. Wrestling is totally straight. Oh. Somebody in the like, sign somebody in the crowd with a sign that says I want to be the teacher's pet. Okay. I think somebody <laughs> had a crush on uh on old Shane Douglas there. Interesting. Alma Johnson just looks cool. And he has a like like they they did it right. They kept him like his gear and stuff pretty simple cuz he doesn't need anything. <laughs> yeah. He's impressive. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tag you in this, Leith, on Twitter. Okay. This is this is Johnson doing like uh, swantons and moonsaults. That's awesome. Like I mean, he was almost killing himself, but pretty cool to see him do that. Because, like you said, he's just such a big dude. Yeah, like he wouldn't. He's one of those guys that like his. Even if he he has that like uh, intimidation factor, like he yeah. has that look that he can just stare somebody down and like that that's all he needs. Like he yeah. doesn't need to do like crazy in ring maneuvers. <laughs> he has that like potential to just like have have a very long career if they they needed him to. Uh, just, Jeff Jarrett. If, if you look like <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, you definitely should not be uh, laughing at somebody who looks like Ahmed Johnson. Because Especially he will you. crush you. <laughs> Jarrett, of course, has, he has like... Had, his tur- like mock turtleneck is also a tank top, by the way. Yeah, classic. With with a vest over top, like it's, it's kind of like uh, how cousin Eddie looks in 
National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation with, like, the dicky. The achy, breaky heart wannabe. <laughs> he's a fake... Oh, he's calling him out! He's a fake cowboy. <laughs> he knows it. Remember achy, breaky oh, no. heart? Ah, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. No, don't do it, Jeff. And lights out for Ahmed Johnson. That's not nice. That was a gift, too. He just destroyed it. Terrible. What horrible manners, Mr. Jarrett. And just face first right into the chair. And King with the assist on that one. I'm going to just get up and destroy both these dudes. <laughs> the cameraman's just like, gosh darn it. His <laughs> Ahmed Johnson levels him. <laughs> so funny. Oh, and now he got paddled. Uh, I, th- I think Jarrett woke him up. Oh, yeah. I think uh, Jarrett's going to regret that decision. It's like he had a chance. <laughs> he just went too far. Oh, so good. Are we going to are we going to wreck the Christmas trees? No. Don't destroy Christmas. Just right into the back, I guess. Oh, we're back with Razor Ramon. Todd Pettengill here. Hey, at least Todd doesn't have a rat tail anymore. So, you know, progress. Yeah. Still not a good haircut, but yeah. Kind of looks like the belt has snowflakes on it, but I guess those are just stars. Oh, he's got a golden... Is that a is that a telegram? Razor Ramon is discovering fan fiction. <laughs> Don't like that. Oh, pigs. And here it comes, folks. The hog pin match. Hillbilly Jim out first. Oh, boy. He's got like what is it? His like gold chain thing. I think that's a I think that's a horseshoe. It was a horseshoe. I couldn't tell because the way he was holding it up, he like was covering it. And camera hasn't gotten a good look at it, but I think it's a horseshoe. Kind of like the the hillbilly rapper, I guess. <laughs> 
Hunterhurst Hermsley. Looking all smug. Disgusted. So it's so weird to like think Triple H was this. Was like, this guy? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I'm looking at him. I know it's Triple H, but I still am like, no. <laughs> See, I want Triple H to do a WrestleMania entrance that's a throwback to this. That would be hilarious. Like, like Triple H. I don't care if you're a Sons of Anarchy fan or suddenly a biker, or a Terminator, or a Viking, or whatever, I want you to do the fox hunting outfit. <laughs> Alright, now, Leith, here comes here comes a good question for you. Let's say you're a wrestler in the 1990s, right around this time. Uh, that That is a perfume bottle that he is holding. Yes, uh, to... Get away the, get rid of the stench of deal the with the Deal with the hog <laughs> smell, as it were. Uh, but, uh, let's say you're a wrestler in the 1990s. Would you rather be stuck on the entire low card of WCW, right? Jobbing out and being stuck on, like, say, WCW Saturday Night, etc. Knowing you'll never get a push... And that Hogan is more or less, uh, you know, running the the booking. Or would you rather be on the lower mid card of WWE, but it means you have to get tossed into a hog pen? <laughs> which would you rather? Uh, which pays better? <laughs> It would be tough. It's a tough decision because, like, I feel like like the the gross hog pen stuff. Like, it's a one time thing. You're you're gonna get it done and over with. But you have more upward mobility Did... potentially in the WWE at this stage. Whereas WCW, you know, there's no way. Yeah. There's just you're not going anywhere. And I think that would be just so much more frustrating. But, like, I th- I don't know. With my personality, I'd be fine being a WCW, like, mid-carter and not getting higher. I I prefer smaller stages and not so much attention. <laughs> so, like, I've always been, like, like, as far as, like, like, even, like, acting and stuff went, like, I love acting, but I didn't want to be famous. Yeah. Like, that was always my fear. <laughs> that if I pursued it, that somehow I'd become, like, well-known. <laughs> I, I'm I'm kind of backwards, I guess. Well, no, I you're, you're, you're kind of <laughs> introverted. Yeah, it's like, I want to do the... It, it's like, the things I want to do do not go with my actual personality at all. Right, it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> jive with maybe, like... And I don't say this negatively, because, I mean, I deal with that sometimes, too. But it doesn't, like, jive with, say, like, some of the anxieties that you have. Right, yeah, like, I just, that was always, like, my biggest fear. Like, I remember my parents saying, well, you know, you're not going to be, you're not going to make it, you're not going to be famous, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't want to be. (laughs) Like, I just want to act. I enjoy doing it. I was good at it. Like, I, I had fun with it. I'm like, I almost would have rather, like, 
I was looking into doing like voice acting and stuff. So even right. like I wouldn't even be on screen. And just like with like wrestling, it's like I wouldn't want to be a wrestler, but I would do a I want to do like a manager position. I'd rather be a mm. support to a wrestler than actually be the one in the spotlight fully. And that's more just like because I I I like performing and acting, but I just I don't want to I don't want any kind of fame. <laughs> you don't look at me. Just like like look at the other people who are who are much more talented. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, I think like based on my personality, being a WCW mid Carter would have been fine with me. Yeah. I would have gotten to do what I wanted to do without having to worry about the the fame that comes with moving up the card. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised Triple H wasn't a bigger hit with the ladies around this time. Was he not? I don't know. I really don't know. But he definitely seems like he would have been some eye candy for the ladies. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a good good judge of that between like as the, weird as that sounds I don't, I don't know what ladies like <laughs> i mean like hunter isn't my type personally but like <laughs> you know given the body frame and the hair and everything he almost kind of looks you know like he belongs on a romance novel cover mm, gotcha like uh you know, like a Fabio kind of look. Yeah, and I, that might even have been kind of what they're leaning towards. Uh oh. Why they why they went the way they went? I think I think Hunter's about to have a bad time. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. He's beating up this minion over here. He really looks like a minion. I know. It, like, cracks me up every time. It's like, oh, that, he must have been the inspiration. <laughs> I'm sure it's just coincidence, but it, it really looks minion-y. Now, that, that gate, getting whipped into that, would have hurt... That would have sucked. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. But I, I think the the metal would probably have a little bit more give than the wood, funnily enough. Uh, possibly. I don't know what type of metal it is. Looks it looks like, like it, it would. Oh, dear. It looks no. like it could be aluminum. Ah, uh, Okay. Yeah, it looks like it. It looks like it the way he designed it to have some bend in it. Too. Yeah. It's hard to say. The wood definitely wouldn't have too much kit, but it does look like the the wood they use for like the the rings. Yeah. So even that should have a little bit. Not fun to get railed into by any means. Oh no, but, no, not at all. <laughs> but not as bad as if it was like a properly made structure, pit like actual pig pen type thing. Not, like, plywood and aluminum. 
This whole thing just kind of makes me want some ham. These poor piggies. Circle of life. Although I do hope that they, they have fed those pigs pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> hungry pigs will eat a man. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds strangely foreboding, Leif. It, it's true, though. It has happened. <laughs> People have fallen into pig pens and have gotten eaten by the pigs. It, it, it's a thing. The way you're saying this is not... The way you're trying to clarify is not helping. I just <laughs> The follow-up I want to ask is, who do you know that's been eaten by pigs? I remember reading about it when I was a kid, like in like a newspaper. Whoa, thing. big wheelbarrow face buster there. Now that was cool. I, I grew up around a lot of farms, so... <laughs> Most of my friends lived on farms. Okay. I did not. I did not. I remember my my one friend got kicked in the head by one of her sheep. It's like I would not want to be near sheep after that, but yeah. she was like fine with it. Or horses. Some people don't realize horses are actual just murder machines. They definitely can be, yeah. My cousin was thrown from one of her horses and broke her back and stuff. She was, uh, I guess it wasn't broken yet, or mm. however. So, like, she, but that's, like, what she does. Like, she yeah. keeps horses and cares for them and le learns them to ride. I don't know how horses work. <laughs> <laughs> Learns them to carry passengers, but yeah, this one was not not having it. All right, now honestly, that reverse DDT that uh, Henry O. Godwin was going for that he calls the slop drop, incredibly less impressive than that giant wheelbarrow face buster earlier. Mm. Man, I can't believe this match is still going on. By right. the way. This does not feel like it would be on this spot in the card, like, but it's such a Vince McMahon match. Yeah. It's got slop and grossed up and pigs and probably, like, poop. There's definitely going to be poop in there. Like, it's just all of Vince's favorite stuff, so... <laughs> it's just, it's... It's weird to think that somebody like 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 gimmick like Godwin would be pushed to any extent. Now, you know? see, this is this is the real dangerous thing, is that Hunter isn't wearing a shirt, which means when he got whipped into that gate, he's got lacerations on his back. You can see him. Mm-hmm. And he's around all that stuff. Oh no! Aww. Uh, the mud, the the pig poop. There's definitely poop. Let's let's hope that's <laughs> mostly mud. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's the thing though. Is like that that to me is the most dangerous thing about this match is having those open wounds around all this stuff. Yeah, the the risk of infection here is 
pretty darn good. Pretty high. Oh, no, now he's going to get it. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't know if pig poop is good for open wounds. <laughs> Probably not. Oh. But at least he got thrown face first into it. Oh, he's so bloody. They, they might even have been careful because of that. That is going to get very infected. Oh, no, never mind. They're not being careful. <laughs> nope. It does seem like Godwin understands actual, like, pigness. Pigness? Pigness. Yeah. He was, like, controlling the piggies. And they, they seem to be frightened of the humans. I feel bad for these piggles. Yeah. They're like, why? Alright, now Hunter is doing a great <laughs> bit here. He's just taking bumps in the slop. Ah. Uh, lovely. Apparently it's very slippery. And the pigs are just like, can you get out of here? <laughs> they, they want nothing to do with him. Somebody threw something at him. Because he was throwing slop at him, and they, like, you know, mud and stuff. Retaliated. They, yeah, they the threw it right problem. back at him. Oh, no. Oh, no. What? I just got some bad news on my phone. What? Little Richard died. Aw. I say it. He was, uh, he was 87. Uh, that's a big chunk of my childhood. And a promo for the Royal Rumble there. So what do you think of the hog pin match? It went on way too long. It had that lovely, gross sloppiness that Vince is known to, to love. It's such good stuff. <sighs> I, maybe back then it would have been more exciting. But I feel like I've seen so many reiterations of it throughout the 90s and into the 2000s. <laughs> Especially when, uh, like, DX came back in, was that, like, 2005, 2006, or whatever? Mm-hmm. They, they, they love their potty humor. And we're getting a recap of Diesel. Diesel 316 here. We also get to see Shawn Michaels perform his Oscar-winning... Uh, performance here, passing out.
Diesel's so rude just knocking into those people. Diesel's street attire is just very out of character. (laughs) It's like just a jacket and a ball cap and just like the most dad, like, polo or sweater or whatever that he could find. It's funny because it often reminds me of, like, Paul Heyman. Yeah, like the way he dresses. (laughs) Although I'd imagine with like his height and build, it'd be hard to find clothes that fit properly. (laughs) Sure. So I don't know how limited his options are. And here comes Diesel. Uh Hmm. His super cool vest to show how super cool he is. And just like the world's hairiest wrist for some <laughs> reason. He needs to dye his hair that his gray's showing. Well, given, I mean, I think he was like a natural blonde, so given that, he might have grayed early. Yeah, I think he did. <clears throat> Which, honestly, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, I don't think in the, the business they wanted him to have gray hair. It was always seen it like, I don't know why, like, graying and stuff and, like, even balding is seen as, like, a negative so much. It's like, it just means you're, like, an adult, like that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're allowed to grow up. Um. Oh, and taking all this nonsense. I don't even know what you call that. A big <clears throat> running, like, well, that would be a knee, like side knee, yeah, hip hit. <laughs> like a knee lift. Yeah, it was, a, it was a little weird. Like, I don't know what that impact would feel like. And then the big sidewalk slam. Oh, and taking it like a champ, selling everything as he does. Now, see, I'm actually surprised Owen was able to get that spot off on Diesel because of how how much taller Diesel is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Owen's just, he's the man, seriously. He's, like, one of the best overall. I honestly, in my opinion, Owen is way better than Brett ever was. I could see that. He just, and he can control every match to, like, be however he wants it to be. It's, like, pretty phenomenal. Like, he can go out and have the best match or the worst match. It just depends on his mood. (laughs) Oh, went for the big boot and missed. Ran into a spinning wheel kick. wheel kicks always look fun. Yeah, they're it's a really cool looking move. 
Now, I know Cornette is kind of a horrible person, but his uh, very festive gear is, is making me happy. He's got his, like, <laughs> Santa racket and his, like, velvety red, like, outfit. <laughs> I wish we could, like, suck all the, the stupid and jerkiness out of Cornette because he'd actually be alright. <laughs> like, just make him a decent person? <laughs> Yeah, like if he was a decent human being, he he has a lot of like knowledge and information in his brain, but I think because of that he thinks he knows more than everyone else. But like yeah. he doesn't. He has that ego that he shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And some some takes that are just dated and wrong. <laughs> yeah. But like it's it's so hard because it's like as a history type person and somebody who also likes research i really want to like Cornette, but i can't yeah there's just no possible way to like him he's just irredeemable at this point like all you have to do is be a decent human being and he can't muster it right like they they give him chance after chance after chance and it just does not happen i think like a lot of people probably feel the same way i do is because he does have knowledge it's just ugh. my goodness he has some really garbage takes and just yeah horrible human traits like the thing that that always bothers me is when he you know crashes on like fun wrestling or comedy wrestling or whatever you would want to call it and he says it exposes the business and it's like Everybody who goes into wrestling as a fan knows what the business is. There's yeah, no... it's not it's not how it was. I mean, yeah, Vince McMahon himself exposed the business like by saying, "This is not a sport; it's entertainment." Like, yeah. it's done. Like, forget it, Cordette. It's already done. Like, there is very little of the business that's left to protect from the audience. We know a lot more than we should, but it's it is what it is. Like, yeah. he just can't get with the times and his old school racism and sexism and everything else is just disgusting. I do like Diesel's uh, singlet here with the the texture on it. Wished it read a little better on TV, but I I do like it. But yeah, I mean it's like. I don't go into a movie thinking it's real, you know? Right. Yeah, nobody really goes into a wrestling, into professional wrestling thinking, this is real, it's not predetermined. That's yeah. not a mentality people have anymore. We we all pretty much know that. Right. And it's like, the, the thing is, like, even if you say, well, you know, there's, you know, little kids and everything, or, and, and it's like, that's, that's great, that's fine, they're... You know, and they're still not going to pick up on it. Yeah, <laughs> and it doesn't matter how you portray it; they're not going to grasp that anyway. Yeah, I like can't most believe kids are still going to feel like, oh, this was a real thing. Oh, they didn't yeah. let Hunter Hearst Helmsley shower before answering the phone. Get seriously? some back teen oh. on that man. Oh, uh, him and Godwin just still covered in slop, answering phones and and. Sonny somehow not reacting to this. I'm uh, surprised they're they're not more like 
grossed out by the, the smell of the people next to them. <laughs> but I mean, oh, he... Santa Claus! Oh, free T-shirts! That's cool. That's the... a nice thing to do. Yeah. The appropriate attitude to take to wrestling is it can be anything you want. And, you know, you just don't want people to actually, like, kill themselves in the ring. Yeah, which is kind of the point we're getting to. uh, I was talking to a friend about that where, like, everybody's trying to do these ridiculous spots now just to to get attention, to get their clip and their, their fame it's like, please stop doing those spots. <laughs> like, once in a while is fine, but it's like every match now has, like, ridiculous, crazy spots. And I'm like, somebody's going to die in the ring if this keeps up. Yeah, and the audience is going to, like, get bored because it's like you can only get, like, there's only so many, like, crazy, ridiculous spots you can do. Yeah. Is that somebody dressed as uh. Dances with Dudley in the front row? Yep. Wow. <laughs> a white guy, no less. Well, it was the 90s. But, uh, anyway. I mean... Yeah. Barbed wire trampolines are a thing. Yeah, it's like... Like, I, I, I get it, but at the same time, it's like... The more you push, the less, like the more the audience is going to expect. Like, every time they expect something bigger and bigger and bigger, and you can only get so big before either everything goes wrong or the audience just gets bored and leaves. Yeah. Because it's just like, there's only so much craziness you can do. Yeah. Like... Well, and it's like... So just just chill it out a little bit. (laughs) Pull out those big spots for, like, your really big events. Yeah. Don't do it every show. We don't need suicide dives on every single, like, match. Like, it's not necessary. But it's like... It's like what you said in one of our ECW watch-alongs. That's a lot of ketchup. (laughs) And, like, if you're you're a deathmatch guy and you're going to do deathmatch stuff, like... That's your prerogative. That's that's kind of like its own beast altogether. <laughs> but if you're just doing a regular match and you feel the need to do like eight thousand suicide dives to the outside, like please please stop yourself. Like it's yeah. not. We don't need it. We really don't. So Ted DiBiase is out here trashing on Santa, questioning whether or not Santa can do all this stuff. I guess he just doesn't have a whole lot of faith in Tim Allen. I feel like uh, DiBiase would not understand the the concept of giving anything away for free. Oh, no, not at all. (laughs) Oh, Santa's hat fell off. Or Xanta, or whatever. Whatever his... (laughs) <laughs> version is. I like Santa Claus. Oh, the turn. Now, is Santa Claus turning heel bigger than Hulk Hogan turning heel? I'd say so. Yeah? Oh, yeah. But not bigger than Cena turning heel. 
if Cena turns heel, that would be that would defeat Santa turning heel. <laughs> you think Cena turning heel would? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, I could probably see that. Oh, and Santa's been bought out by the million dollar man. Uh-oh, here comes Savio. He wants some revenge on Santa. He's just... Can you blame him? He just ruined Christmas for everybody. Knocking the mistletoe oh. right out of him. And his hair off his head. It's now weird like seeing nearly Balls bald. Mahoney. Yeah, it's weird seeing Balls Mahoney so <laughs> clean cut. <laughs> like, presumably with all his teeth. Oh, jeez. That was fun, though. Why not? He'll turn Santa. Now we got King Mabel. Man, I forgot he was still king. Feels like it's been so long. I feel like it, maybe that's just because it's been so long since we recorded and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> He's been king forever. Forever in a day. <laughs> and of course, he's got the urn around his neck, that big gold chain. <laughs> Phantom of the Opera style. <laughs> I, I would sing it, but nah. <laughs> I was thinking it in my head, though. <laughs> He really, it really does look like a Phantom of the Opera thing, doesn't it? Yeah, it has that vibe. I think maybe just because it's the white. Yeah. And then he has, like, the hat on covering his, part of his face is covered with his hair. Sure. Oh, I didn't notice the uh, BSK on the front of the casket there. And that's Jeff Hardy, and I think yep. that's Matt Hardy. God. They're they're struggling. <laughs> I mean, probably seven hundred pounds. Oh, Doc Hendricks. Back to Doc Hendricks. Oh, the arcade game, Super Nintendo, and the Genesis one. And PlayStation. Now, did you have the Sega Genesis? I did. Uh, yeah. Well, technically, it was my sister's. Mm. <laughs> but she let me play it, because she's nice. 
but I only like I didn't get to pick any of the games for uh, it. I just played what, whatever they had. What games did you play on the Genesis? Uh, well, Sonic, of course. Sonic. Uh, Toe Jam and Earl, Toe Jam and Earl Two, Panic on Funkatron. Uh, there was like some Mickey Mouse one that I always forget the name of, and what's the other big one that we always played? God, my brain's not working. I remember having the Animaniacs game where you had to like mm. switch between the three characters. That was pretty fun. I think I beat that one, and then she got like some. Adam's Family game that was terrible, and I beat I like beat it, and she was so mad at me because I beat it before she could see it. I'm like, you didn't miss anything because the ending was literally just like the house, like the mansion with some like fireworks, and it was the <laughs> hardest game I ever played, and I couldn't believe I beat it. I was like so excited to beat it, and it was just like such a letdown. <laughs> like, like that's all you got. There was no like ending. It was so bad. <laughs> The one, we never had a Sega Genesis, but our babysitter did. Oh, I was, okay. I was never very good at Sonic. I have never played a Sonic game that I've enjoyed. Uh, see, I was I was a big Sonic kid. That was, like, my jam. It's like... Uh, I beat all the ones that we had. Yeah, like, I, I dig Green Hill Zone. That's pretty cool. But once you get beyond that and you get into the casino stuff or the underwater oh, stuff... Oh, I love the casino. That was my favorite. That gives me anxiety. Oh, and then uh, we had the, the Sonic Spinball, too. Mm. Where it was like Sonic but Pinball. Yeah. That one was really fun. It, like, it was one of those games where like I didn't care if I really progressed in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like It was just fun to just sit and play. Like I could play mm. the same level for like hours and not yeah. care. And the music and sound effects were really fun on yeah. that one. The the other big game that they had on Sega was an X-Men game. Oh, nice. And that was fun, but you could never get more than, say, five minutes into the game. Oh. It was hard. Yeah, I mean, there, there were some Sega games that were just like... Like, people talk about, like, Dark Souls and all that. I'm like, have you all played Lion King for Sega? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think they had Lion King, too. And it's like, you couldn't get two steps in Lion King. Uh, I remember, like, my entire family, we rented it. And it was, like, my mom, my dad, my sister, and I just sitting up in my parents' room trying to get past the waterfall. And we would just take turns for, like, hours we were doing this. And nobody could get past the waterfall. And we yeah. just gave up. We're like, we're done. I'm like, Dark Souls, at least you can beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, the Lion King game is impossible. Uh, the X-Men game you could do a little bit in, but again, it was just like darn near impossible to do anything with. I mean, granted, I was only like six or seven or so. Right, right. I remember my my other sister had uh, a tailspin game, and that was impossible. I yeah. like remember like I play like I don't even think you can beat like the first level of it. And yeah. I don't know if it was like some of these games. I don't know if it was because they're so hard or because they're just that bad. A lot because of like, the a lot of the Disney games were actually surprisingly hard. Like uh, there, mm-hmm. we had the Jungle Book game on Super NES. Okay. And it's like, like I 
wound up doing okay at it uh, for my age, but there was a certain, like, boss or mini-boss. It was the snake, right? And could not get past that. Uh, but, uh... But, yeah, it's like when you're, when you're a child, you, you don't really know if a game is bad or not. Yeah. Like, it's hard to tell. Like, they're just games. Like, you don't really, like, think about whether it's a, a technically a good game or a really bad game. Mm-hmm. I think the first one I knew was really bad was, uh the Rocky and Bullwinkle game for Sega. Sure. Because it's like, not only was it impossibly hard, but it did not have any kind of save function. Oof, that's rough. There was no, like, like there was no save points. There was no, like, uh, like how like Sonic had those points where you would hit the, yeah. the thing, and it, if you died, you restarted there. Every time you died, you started from the very beginning. Yeah, and... And, and it was just like... No. <laughs> yeah, and you really saw, like, save points and checkpoints being experimented with with that generation, like Super NES yeah, and like Sega. Yeah, like, you'd have the, the, the codes you could enter if you, like, died at a certain point, or you yeah. go to a checkpoint, or whatever. This game had none of that. <laughs> That's rough. The, the other game that we had for Super NES that was pretty cool was uh, the Goof Troop game. And that was actually uh, really good for a Disney game. It's like a yeah, some of the Disney games were really fun. Yeah, I remember like I really liked Aladdin. There was like this. Uh, it wasn't Beauty and the Beast, but it was a Belle specific game where you got to ride our horse and stuff. Mm. That was literally the only reason I played it is I wanted to ride a horse in a game. <laughs> so I played through the whole game just to get to that part. <laughs> But it, that one was not, it wasn't challenging, but it was fun. Yeah. It wasn't, like, an overly difficult game. I actually really, I remember really enjoying that one, and just, I think that was the first game I ever could ride a horse in a game, so I was, like, super excited. I remember when I was growing Cowboy up. Cowboy shit. Sorry. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm gonna take that horse to the old town road. Uh... No, I didn't do anything like that, but I remember growing up uh, that my sister definitely had a Barbie, like, point-and-click horse game. Nice. Oh, where's he taking Undertaker? Oh, no. Back to the match. Oh, uh, Moe's got him. He's got him. He's... How is this legal? Is this legal? Can somebody not in the match just... Oh, he's just setting him up so that... Okay. No, no, he's actually putting him in. How is that legal? <laughs> Enough of this hardcore cowboy stuff. <laughs> Let's get back to the match. And telling telling him to shut the lid, you know, Mo just carried Undertaker over to the the casket and and they're gonna shut the lid but oh Undertaker got it. This Mo forgot to close the lid, and apparently he could win it for Mabel somehow. This what isn't are the rules WCW. Here? <laughs> uh, I need like a, a freeze frame of that the look on King Mabel's face when he sees the Undertaker come back. Pretty good reaction. That was great. Mabel is selling here pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, fun stuff. 
He's like another one of those people that gets like overlooked a lot. But he's I mean he was in the business forever. Yeah. So you figure he was Mabel, King Mabel and then Viscera. Like he did Big a Daddy lot. Daddy B. He did a lot. He's always such a big dude. And it's a little hard to hear over everything, but there is a, a minor 911 chant because, you know, they're in Pennsylvania. Ah. So you're getting all the ECW fanboys. Think uh, think Sir Moe's about to have a bad time. Oh, yeah. Nice nice try, Mo. <laughs> I, I like the no-sell into the slap. Did Vince just say slapping the goozle? I did not hear it, so I cannot tell you. Big choke slam, though. Now everybody's in the casket. That was a really big casket. I don't know that I would want to be uh, be in Sir Moe's position uh, right now. <laughs> Maybe later, though. <laughs> like that would be unfortunate. He's got the remnants of the urn, and there it is, folks. I mean, not necessarily a five-star classic, but we got some. Big beefy boys slapping meat, and that that was kind of your uh your comedy match, really. It had that that energy. I think it's about as close to a comedy match as you would get out of the Undertaker. Right, right. Like, th- I mean, obviously the comedy, like he would be the the straight man in this yeah. comedic scene. But Mo and Mabel's reactions throughout were very very comedic. Yeah. And I think uh, Paul Bearer just stepped on Mabel's crown, so I, they might have to get him a new one. <laughs> I saw it fold under his foot <laughs> as he was walking into the ring. There we go. The Undertaker has recaptured the remnants of the urn. Oh, the Undertaker is after the championship. Oh, I thought he was just hungry. I mean... (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. That's kind of like a belly motion. It's kind of like a food goes here motion. This is where I put my cookies. No? (laughs) (laughs) 
like the the urn is actually just filled with you know butter cookies and after that sewing supplies. That's why he was so upset when he lost it. Right. I would be. And Jim Ross interviewing Jim Cornette and the British Bulldog and Diana Hart dressed as Minnie Mouse. Hmm. These are things that are happening. I guess because they're wearing, like, Christmassy colors. Is that the, that's the goal here? Be sort of Christmassy? Yeah. JR's, like, I guess vest or whatever he's wearing is kind of Christmassy. Mm-hmm. Very 1990s. Jim Cornette yells a lot. He does. Just in everyday life. That's, that's <laughs> like, kind of his whole thing. His go-to. Just yell. I would watch a show with just, like, Cornette and Russo, like, locked into, like, a cage together. <laughs> like they have to complete an escape room together. <laughs> yes! That needs to be a thing. <laughs> will they kill each other or will they make it out? Right. <laughs> oh, man. That would be so good. Did did Brett write on his glasses in Sharpie? Those are probably the ones that he'll give to somebody. Yeah. I would imagine. I didn't even realize that. You don't usually see him, like, close up like this. Yeah. I don't know. He just uses his, like, wraparound sunglasses as a notepad. <laughs> you know, you just see, like... Like, eggs, yeah. milk. <laughs> On another side, it just says, like, wash car, pick up dry cleaning. <laughs> Win championship. <laughs> Wrestle tonight. Right? <laughs> and, like, I appreciate, you know, that they're trying to really play up as much about this angle as they can because Brett, for as great as he is in the ring, is kind of like a charisma vacuum, right? Mm-hmm. So at least having, like, trying to play up the whole, like, familial angle, you know, this is his brother-in-law, he's married to his sister, like that, you know, there's some tension there, and they're trying to play that up and everything, and that's great, but like, Diana really can't emote. No, she seems to be very much like her brother. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, only, only a few hearts can have any charisma yeah the stat points in that family were not uh, maybe not distributed the best 
Yeah, yeah. Like they just don't read as having any kind of emotion at all. But then you get like Owen Hart, who's just like charisma plus. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's where it all went. <laughs> so funny. I, I feel like they they do a lot of like family stuff with Brett, like. They love tying his family into his storylines. It works for him, I guess. It's kind of his his jam. And it's like he still gets like really over. Like you talk to like a lot of people and like Bret Hart was like their favorite wrestler and yeah. people love Bret Hart despite his lack of charisma. He's just very serious and very like like one of the most serious business people I've ever like seen. Now that kid's got the glasses. <laughs> oh, that guy oh. is wearing gold Ultimate Warrior face paint. That's what that's supposed ah. to be. random choice <laughs> and just the whitest guy imaginable with a the gangsters rule sign uh, definitely in ECW territory close yeah, enough Sabu sign now and I saw a Mikey rules sign which probably is uh, alluding to Mikey Whipwreck yeah so you figure, like, like I said, Hershey's not too far from me, and neither is the ECW arena, so. I mean, you definitely had, even in the 1990s, I mean, they wouldn't have been called that back then, but, I mean, you definitely had people trying to troll the WWE. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, it is, like, advertising. Yeah. You, and people will be like, well, who's this, like, Sabu guy that they're talking about? And then you go look it up somehow. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, like Doc Diamondfire said, you would have to mail somebody a letter and ask for some Sabu tapes. Mm-hmm. You know, that was... It's like, yeah. I, I need to know more about this Sabu. <laughs> I hope you like blood. <laughs> I wonder if Bret Hart versus Sabu would be any good. I wonder if that would be a good match. Which one? Bret Hart versus Sabu. Oh, oh no. <laughs> uh, I can't even imagine how how that would make... Like, I feel like Brett would think of it as punishment, almost. <laughs> Ooh, Brett Hart versus Shane Douglas. That would be solid. Brett Hart versus the Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be a disaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, how do you wrestle somebody who doesn't wrestle? <laughs> 
so funny. Sandman's so weird. Like, how how does he exist in the wrestling world? How is he a champion in the world of wrestling? And, I mean, given the other matches on the card, it's not hard to see why this was unanimously voted the best match. Yeah, I mean, overall, this show has been, like, of things are happening. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not stellar. <laughs> like, I think it's kind of unfair that Diesel gets kind of trashed on being, like, champion and everything. Like, people will say, well, you know, his reign didn't draw a lot or whatever, right? And that's why Vince, you know, oh, a Hulk rules sign. Very, very nice. Uh People will say, you know, well, that's the reason that Vince gave the belt back to Brett was because he felt Brett could have better matches and everything. And it's like, yes, Brett Hart can have some amazing matches. But when you're also looking at a card that is this, it, like the rest of this card is not impressive. No. Like at all. It feels like a Raw. It does. Yeah. It does. And so, like a raw with a slightly bigger budget. Yeah. So when you're talking about a, a card where, you know, this is far and away going to be the best match because every other match on the card is completely underwhelming, like, well, yeah, of course Brett is going to have a better match. Yeah, it's. it's... Like, if you're, like, looking back on it, there's a, a lot of really gimmicky matches and, like, yeah. silly matches. There wasn't really, like, too many just straight, solid matches. Like, it's just... Yeah. And the the other ones are, you know, they're fun, and sometimes they work, and sometimes they don't, but... I think uh, I think the Hulk Rules guy is getting his sign taken away. Uh, what I think is funny is that he was also... I believe he was wearing an ECW shirt yeah. when he stood up. Because I saw... Yeah. She's got... That lady in the background is taking a sign. Uh-huh. Looks like she's taking a lot of the ECW signs. What a bully. And now we got an ECW chant. But... She's watching the match, and she sees... Oh, she almost showed concern there for a second. Almost. Like... I mean, Brett could definitely out-wrestle Diesel any day of the week, but, I don't know, that was just something I was thinking about. Yeah, well, and then the thing with Diesel, too, is they, they pushed him so fast to the top that they didn't give people a chance to, like, even get to know who he was. Yeah, well... <laughs> They're just like, this guy's big, he's our champ now, and it's like, they don't know who he is. <laughs> yeah, and, and certainly part of the problem is just, like, the the roster depth... And not having a whole lot of wrestlers who can sort of go out and collaborate with Diesel on a better level and make him look better. Mm-hmm. You basically had Brett and Sean, and that was about it. Yeah, it's, it's a weird time period for wrestling, because it's like, yeah. they were still trying to hold on to these like old ways, but it like was not working anymore. Yeah. And they, they, there was wrestlers out there that were quite good but they were just like oh they don't have the look so they just dismissed them 
Yeah, I feel like that that's happened throughout wrestling history. It's like if you're not like gigantic, like it still cracks me up that Macho Man was considered small. Yeah. Like Jericho is considered small. Like those are big dudes. <laughs> like how are they small? Yeah. But in that in that setting, they were, and it's just like. Well, and the other thing too is it's like crazy to me. Like I don't know. Like they just need those like larger than life people to be on the on like in the ring for some reason yeah well and it's like a lot of it was you know the bulk of the wrestling fans at this time were fans who grew up like in the 80s right Mm -hmm. so you know when you grow up and you're seeing you know a lot of say for example like hulk hogan matches right by this point you're hungry for something new because you you've seen the hogan matches you know? Yeah. And it's like you're, you want something new, something more impressive. You're kind of hungry for that. And you start seeing guys like Brett and British Bulldog, guys who can actually go out there and chain wrestle. Or you see, like, the, the high-flying uh, cruiserweights and luchadors and everything. And I think that's part of the reason those were such a big hit is because the bulk of, like, American audiences weren't familiar with that. Yeah, it was, it was new. It was exciting. And it's just something different. I uh, I can't quite make out that sign right behind Diana. I'm sure that's not a curse word on that sign. I don't even know. I couldn't tell. Well, it said the British, and then below that it said whole. And I don't know what was going to come before whole. Bull hole? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Cornette cheering on the bulldog. Giant diesel sucks sign in the audience. Like how they took all that time to, to draw somebody they hate. Yeah. <laughs> People put a lot of energy into things that they hate, and I don't really understand the point of it. Like you see more people like complaining about things and and saying, "Oh, I hate this person, and here's why." And like, but like, what do you like? <laughs> like, most wrestling fans get me like to that point where it's just like, "Why do you watch wrestling? Do you even like wrestling? <laughs> like, why are you here?" Somebody had a shiny gold dust sign back there. I think it was the, another ECW kid. Yeah. I really do enjoy uh, British Bulldog. Probably more, more so than Brad, I'd say. They, although neither one of them are particularly charismatic. There, there's something about Davy Boy that I just think is a little... I don't know, it just appeal, appeals to me more, I guess. Yeah, I, I really I really enjoy British Bulldog. It might just be because he reminds me of uh, Johnny Moran. Mm. So I'm just like, oh, he seems like a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> that could really be it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, we got a 911 sign in the audience. 
that one hasn't been taken away because they aren't they don't get it. <laughs> well, and they're way up there. <laughs> they're not, you know, but front row. They're like this. They'll never get on camera. I'd leave it. Oh no. Think uh think Brett just got his bells jingled. Yeah, I don't know what her reaction was supposed to be. <laughs> they keep going to her for like reaction shots and she's just not giving any yeah, reaction. She's just... Like she seems like she's trying. But she definitely does not seem comfortable in this yeah. position. <laughs> oh, I think we got a gold dust cosplayer there. Nice. Next to a random English lit professor who <laughs> I mean who who else would he hang out with? <laughs> oh Oh, bread is busted open. Hmm. Did he did bread blade? Uh. Say the camera went away for a second and he's in that position where he might have, but I don't recall Bret Hart ever doing stuff like that. He had to have, though, to get that amount of blood. Yeah. Like, there's a there's a reason that the camera looked away. Yeah, maybe, but we get a we get a he's hardcore chant. They they know what crowd they're they're catering to. That might even be it too. Yeah. You know, you, you're in PA, you're in ECW territory, you gotta show some red. Well, and I think Brett was definitely at least aware of ECW because, you know, it was part of his idea to sort of, like, bring Austin in. Mm-hmm. So he, yeah, no, there's, like, a lot of, I mean, they've had people from ECW coming into WWE yeah. and stuff, so they're they're they're, they're aware of it. They aren't going to acknowledge it, of course, but right. they're aware of it. Like, they really keep going back to Diana for, like, these you're tearing this family apart reaction and assist. Oh, not she's got there. tears. She got tears. Oh, she's working it now. They is, got the close is, up of the tears running down her face. Is that a tear? It is. It's coming straight from her eyeball. She's got the single tear for for her brother's bloodied face. It's happening, man. British Bulldog definitely deserved a world championship run. Oh, yeah, for sure. Little little days from that diving headbutt there. 
Oh, diving headbutts. Please don't do those. Don't ever. do those, like, ever. Like, it's that's the most unnecessary move, like, ever. It's oh. just a bad idea, and it's not... It's not even, like, overly impressive to see, so it's, like... Like, from an audience perspective, it's not, like, super, super badass or anything to do one. So just don't. (laughs) There's no need. That bow and arrow lock was solid. That was great. Oh, he got out of it. Nice. I thought thought they were going to go with the traditional, like, like Brett's just going to turn it around now, but that actually didn't happen. Boy, that is a lot of catch-up. Mm-hmm. I really can't tell if it's like he naturally got busted or if he like bladed. It just it seems like it would be such a weird thing for Brett to blade. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did blade in the Austin match. Gotcha. So he might he might have gone gone that far for this one. But and usually, the, the bulldog that, will never wear those pants again. Yeah. Usually, you would hide that like in your wrist tape or. Under your tongue or something. And he does have the wrist tape. And they yeah. did show him bending over. I mean, if he... I don't, I don't get the the blade under the tongue. I can't even... Yeah, I can't... I'm under... wrestling with a, a razor blade in my mouth. Like, yeah. y'all were crazy. <laughs> even in the tape, I'd be afraid of, like, accidentally, like, slicing myself yeah. open. Yeah. Well, and it's it's really hard to tell if Brett bladed or not because we haven't really gotten a clean shot of his face. No, they've been like kind of masking it a little yeah. bit. And you know, we all, sometimes it's really obvious like what a blade job looks like. True. But it's like the the amount of blood and the way he's bleeding it seems like a blade job. Cuz that's more traditionally yeah. how that would go. Look at all the cameras popping out. Um, old school cameras. <laughs> but they've been mostly like focusing the camera on uh, Davy Boy. They aren't really showing uh, Brett's face too much. I mean, if Brett bladed during this, like I don't necessarily have a problem with it because... No. It's... For the, I mean, for this time period... The audience that they knew that they were going to have, like, show-stealing type moment, that that's the way to right. go. Like, and, there's and a reason, like, I feel like that probably added to the fact that this match was so over. Yeah. And and when you're talking about the history of this match and the fact that, you know, part of the, the tale of the tape here is that Brett has, has not beaten Davey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is gonna make the match. Oh, nice! That was nice. Yeah, this is this is gonna take the match to another level. And you can feel like the, these guys know each other. Yeah, like, they're they're picking up e- each other's moves before they're done. Like it's just all these reversals and stuff have been fantastic. Like Davy Boy knows every everything Brett's gonna do. Brett knows everything he's gonna do. So they're like taking it to that to extra extra bit like he just pulled up the yeah the, the mat. mat so we got some some bared concrete here they they're they're going a little more hardcore with this one which is it's interesting to see from like 
two more like technical type guys. Like you yeah. got Davy Boy Boo is like the the traditional big man, and you got Bread as your like tech dude, and they're just fighting now. Like it's it's really kind of cool to see them like almost out of their element trying to just like yeah. destroy each other. Now you you referred to Brett as a tech dude, and all I can think of is Brett in like a leather jacket, sitting at a computer, tic tacking away on the keyboard, and then <laughs> suddenly he puts on his mirrored wraparound sunglasses and says, "I'm in." <laughs> I've hacked the mainframe. Well, I mean, obviously, that's, yeah. that's what's happening. That's who this new hacker is on, on SmackDown. It's, it's actually Bret Hart, the tech guy. That bump from Davey, my goodness. It looked like he bounced off his head. Yeah, That was crazy looking. They've taken some nasty bumps here. Like, don't even show her reactions at this point, because yeah, this just, is just like, we don't need it. <laughs> I promise. Diana Hart is not that interesting, you guys. Okay, th- now that's almost a reaction. That's <laughs> almost a good reaction. Like, she's trying, but it's just, it's not, she's not a performer. Leave her alone. <laughs> yeah. Let's focus on the the in ring because I mean the the blood and and sweat and just blood. viciousness that is happening yeah. right now is enough. Mostly the that, blood. That's, that that's enough story. We don't need the the added. Like we're we're ragging on Diana a lot. She's not a performer, and any time you deal with somebody who's not a performer, it's it's a roll of the dice. And unfortunately, sometimes you get somebody who just can't act, I guess, for the lack of a better word. Yeah, it's like, and I think she's reacting the way that she actually is reacting. Yeah. I don't think she's acting necessarily or even trying to. It's just not natural for her to be that, like, kind of over the top or yeah, it's just or it's, dramatic. Yeah. It's just, it's not selling the match, and Brett wins with a credenza. I think that's what that's called. Like a small package credenza. I I don't know. I might be wrong. (laughs) I thought that's what it was called. But now I'm just like, wait, is that just a stool? You, You know more names of things than I do. She looks so lost. Weirdly disappointed. That that was a good match. It was hard fought. It was they they did what they needed to do for the audience they had. They get the that extra pop from the audience. And I think that's an important part of wrestling is knowing your audience. Like if you're going because you they're kind of part of the show, and I think that's why it's so weird watching wrestling now. Mm-hmm. When you there's so many shows without the audience, it's like I didn't realize how much I relied on them. Like I feel like everything feels very alien and strange right now. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to watch wrestling, but it's like if you can get the audience to to give you the reactions you need, like 
it's going to just amplify the show and it's going to hype up yeah. the people watching at home too. Okay, so it's definitely not a credenza. I don't know what I'm talking about. My apologies. That, uh, that In Your House Extra logo makes me feel a little uncomfortable. <laughs> He's got soul. <laughs> They're smelling the, the chain urn thing. <laughs> oh, yes! My Undertaker! So he's uh, he's next up in line to face Brett. That would be fun. Be a fun watch. Oh, Diesel's not happy about this. When is Diesel ever happy? <laughs> He called Paul Bearer Gomez. It's always weird to see anybody that kind of like towers over the Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> and Diesel's not that much taller than the Undertaker. No, there's just something about the angle in that. He just is just that much bigger. And oh, little dust. We're wrapping up with some. In your house, soul. Well, I remember that, and that happened. Remember when all these things happened, like, just a little bit ago? <laughs> yeah, it, like, the recap is a little cheesy, but honestly, I'm still kind of impressed that they're able to cut this all together in the span of, like, an hour and a half. Right. My, my cat is outside my door trying to open it. <laughs> He's not happy I have kicked him out of the room. Rude is what that is. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a Johnson. <laughs> that was a match. really like showing us the, the slop footage. Look, those pigs didn't, you know, travel all this way to not be featured. You probably weren't, didn't come from very far. There's a lot of farms yeah. in the Hershey area, too. <laughs> yeah, man, that was, that was a good match. That was, that was a, that was a solid main event. Yeah, it, it it had that that degree of like uh, desire and fight. Like yeah. they both wanted to win so bad. Like it definitely. It was good storytelling in the match. They did not need the all the shots of Diana. <laughs> no, they didn't. But it definitely was... paled in comparison to the other matches on the card, without question. Uh, so Leith, after watching that, would you give that a buy bar or pass? I probably would have borrowed it, at least for the main event. A borrow? Okay. Yeah. Because okay. yeah. I, I feel like that at, during that time, they probably like, oh, you should have seen it, or bleeding, and everything. It would have been, like, crazy to hear about. Everything else would have been, like, whatever, but, like, that's the match you'd want to, like, check out. Mm. Yeah. yeah like it, I, it seems like it would have gotten a, a good review. 
overall? I think, I think I would probably go with Borrow 2, just solely for the main event. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, if it was, like, if I was borrowing this, I would maybe check out the Undertaker match, just as an Undertaker fan. Mm-hmm. But, like, everything else I would just skip and go right to the main event. Pretty much, yeah. That would be the the point of it. Yeah. 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 Well, it has been fun getting back into the swing of things, recording, and we hope uh, hope everybody enjoyed the show. Our next uh, pay-per-view, I believe, is going to be uh, WCW Starcade. So keep an eye out for that. WCW Starcade 1995. We then have, of course, uh, ECW... I believe it's Holiday Hell 1995 as well. And then we'll have our December 1995 episodes. So everybody keep an eye out for that. Keep uh, keep your ears to the ground. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, you know following the show if you're subscribing to the show through whatever podcatcher you use. And uh, it's been fun, everybody. Bye. Bye. Open a gateway to a world where orcs and humans battle over land, sea, and air for the dominance of Azeroth. First war between man and orc. Warcraft 2 Tides of Darkness, available now from Blizzard Entertainment.